I was in a conversation earlier today with the CEO of a fast-growing financial startup company, and we were talking about how he can find more purpose for people who are just doing portfolio reconciliation, which for those of you who are not in the finance world, don't know the finance jargon, there's a lot of fancy words for simple things, which is just simply in Excel or whatever program you use, just sort of looking at one number, making sure it aligns with another number. And what he was trying to do, because he runs the company, is he was trying to find a way, and this was sort of the genesis of our conversation, he was trying to find a way for people to actually feel like they have more personal connection to their work. And that's actually one of the things I'll be talking about as I go speak with a big four accounting firm next week in Philadelphia is how we can actually create more purpose through personal connection to our work, not just the work we do, but the people around you. And the comment or takeaway from the conversation that I had with this man today was, was really profound because he had actually hit home on one of the key things that I talk about without even knowing that this is something that I talk about with a lot of different people all over the world. He said, you know, I think for, I, he's like, not I think, I know, I know that fulfillment has struggle embedded in it. I know that the people who actually find fulfillment in something have gone through the struggle to get there. And so I wanted to I wanted to talk about this trial by fire and how fires or struggles in our life are necessary. I was inspired by this conversation and actually, you know, what nature can teach us about these fires in our life and the importance of it. I'll take you back to uh, Florida, where I was uh, with my mom for Mother's Day, and we went to go uh, visit this garden conservatory type of area where there's uh, there's flowers, there's large trees and wilderness, and we just got to walk around and enjoy nature for what it is. But it was you know special because they had, um, as as you know, like a lot of the rainforest, a lot of the forest in general in in North America, in South America, and all over the world is there's this problem of deforestation. So when they you know protect that area, it is truly like a special place. And it's even more special because they give that extra care um, and they, they actually do things um, to nurture the environment when you know nature doesn't do it for it for the environment. And I'll give an example in a second. But something that stuck out to me was this sign that I read about these giant trees. And I was actually kind of curious as I walked by because there is this large kind of like empty space. So imagine you're walking along this path and it takes you over to the right. And then on the left side, I saw this giant kind of open space and it just seemed like there was, um, there was, there was kind of emptiness. And, and I was like, well, is this supposed to be like that? Is you know, I thought that this was supposed to be like a lush kind of um, like really rich, protected nature environment. And so why, why is there why is there nothing here? And as I looked up, you saw that there were there were trees, large trees, trees that when you looked up to the sky, I mean, it felt like they never ended. And and they were spread out across this across this land. And as you looked at the ground of the land. It was nothing but brown bristles, brown pines, long pines. And it was just 
covering this giant empty space with these trees placed throughout. And so I, I saw a sign around the corner. I was like, well, there's got to be something to this. And what I learned is that these are some of the oldest trees in Florida. And they have linked to trees out in California. And I want to talk about these trees. They're called the giant sequoias. These are the planet's largest trees and among the oldest living things on Earth. Many of these are over 3,000 years old. 3,000 years old. And they depend on, here's the key, fire to help them reproduce. As I read the sign in Florida now, as I read the sign about why the land was kept the way it was, I learned that the pines of these trees fall off, die, stay on the ground, and are perfect for catching on fire. And the reason that nature is designed this way for these trees, that, that, that our creator has designed these trees in this way, is because the trees require space underneath them to grow. When these trees drop their seeds, imagine like acorns, on the ground, those seeds need fire to actually take root. And so what you see, now I'll take us back to California, what you see with these trees, and I use the sequoia trees as an example because this is just such a, this is, you know, the Florida trees at scale. And you, you see in the news all the time the, the forest fires and all the things that happened in earlier this year. Um, and last year in, in, in Los Angeles, like I remember there was this news headline and Oprah Winfrey was on Instagram showing the, the, the aftermath of the fires. And, and we think of it as a disaster. And we think of these, uh, we think of these events that happen naturally as disasters. That's how they're talked about. But what I learned is that they're not just part of nature, they're necessary parts of nature. In the early 1960s, Dr. Richard Hartsfeld explored the connection between fire and sequoia tree regeneration. His small-scale prescribed fires followed nearly a century of fire suppression, over 100 years of fire suppression, where we had tried to eliminate the fires as they came. Because to us, as humans, right, fire comes as danger. It's danger. And resulted in the germination of sequoia seeds and the recruitment of sequoia seedlings, something that had not occurred in the absence of fire. The fires that this man decided to, to start, to control, actually breeded life where there hadn't been life for over a hundred years. There hadn't been new life for over a hundred years because these seeds needed the fire to grow. Since those first experiments, researchers have further shown the benefits to sequoias from fire. They need fire to reduce competition from other species 
but fire suppression has resulted in heavy accumulation of forest litter and encroachment of thick stands of these other species of trees, both of which compete with sequoias for water and nutrients. A natural fire cycle thins competing species and provides suitable conditions for sequoia growth. How many times in our life do we suppress the fires that are necessary for new life and natural growth? You might be going through a struggle right now. Maybe you went through a struggle in the past. Maybe you've yet to go through a struggle that will happen inevitably to all of us, right? There's some sort of struggle in our life, and that's okay. It's a part of life. But to suppress the struggle or the fire that is a natural part of our life cycle is to stifle the opportunity for new life, for new life in your life. And what I found so interesting, you know, some people have lived great lives and have not had a lot of struggle. That's okay. That's a good thing. But what I found so interesting is that sometimes nature doesn't bring the fires we need to cultivate that growth. So we need to cultivate it ourselves. We need to let some things go. We need to let some things die. We need to let some pieces or parts of our life, our past, die. We need to cut some things off the vine to leave room for better things to grow, for new life. In my life, over the last three years, I've had tremendous fires, tremendous fires. Some of these fires I created, but I didn't control. And what I mean by that is, example, I created a fire of necessity. I created a fire of necessity. There was a time when I knew who I was, I knew what I was here for, and I knew I just needed to have the courage to go execute that, specifically in coaching and speaking. But I was 27 years old. I hadn't climbed Mount Everest. I hadn't overcome a lost limb. I'm not a Buddhist monk. I thought, what do I have to offer the world? And I listened to voices around me that said, yeah, but like, what does TJ have or know that we don't? I listened to voices around me like, why does TJ think he can be a coach? How can anybody think that they can tell somebody else what to do with their life? And to the extent that I listened to those voices. I started bringing myself into a corner of fear. And the more I brought myself into that corner, the more I knew I would have to fight to get my way out. So what that looked like for me was I remember having this thought I'm going to have to lose all my money if I really want to actually go out and take a risk. 
and actually live the life I know I'm meant to live, to help people in the way I know I'm meant to help people. I'm going to have to lose all my money. And I remember subconsciously something happened and consciously something else happened. And that's when I started realizing I was in a state of creating a fire in my life, in which case I was actually playing with the money that I had made and worked so hard for in my life. I worked so hard to earn that money and I saved 20% of that pre-tax income working so hard in a job that so many people would really just like kill for because of the opportunities that it that it presents to you, the platform, the growth, all these things, the money. And I had started to trade that money in the market. And as soon as I started to see a little bit go, over $100,000, as soon as I started to see a little bit go, I started to see more go. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to have to see all of it go if I'm going to develop the courage to actually go do what I'm meant to do. And I started that fire. I started that fire, but I didn't need to. There was a healthier way of controlling fires that we create in our life. So to the extent that you haven't gone through some sort of deep struggle that you feel like you need to, the first thing I'll say is you don't necessarily need to you may need to let some things die. In my case, I need to let the idea that money would dictate my life, that money was a measured indicator of my success, of which there's a metric that's important, but no, it, it doesn't define me. It doesn't have authority over me. And at that time, I couldn't get past that idea because all I had lived and breathed for a few years and even before that was the idea that I needed money to succeed. And it was going to be a key measure of my success in life. Now, having gone through that fire of the painstaking process of dripping out, slowly dripping out, trade after trade over the course of six to nine months, and not having the self-control or the accountability to stop dripping out all that money over the course of six to nine months, and having to go through the self-forgiveness process that comes with that. And then being faced with my father being diagnosed with stage four cancer right as I had lost the last of that money when the fire really started in my life, in my family's life. You see, because I hadn't taken control of the fire that I had created, it got out of control because there was a natural fire on its way. And so what I, what I want to say is that those fires that we go through in our life, they'll break you or they'll shape you. But it's your choice what you choose to do. It's your choice how you choose to respond in those times. There are going to be times where you might have a fire that is out of control. And what you need to hold on to, what you need to know, is that there are things that are burning in that fire that's out of control. There are things that are burning that should not be burning, and that's okay. But new life is on its way. New life is on its way. This is a part of the natural cycle required for new life and growth in your life. So just like the sequoia trees, when a fire comes your way, Know that it's so that you can grow taller 
and live longer. Know that the fire that's burning on the ground of the wilderness is actually burning all that forest litter that's accumulated over time. Sure, there might be some beautiful things in there that you have to let go of. Maybe it's a car, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship. Sure, there might be some things that you have to let go of forever. But what you need to hold on to is that hope is on the other side. It is a purification process. The faster you embrace that, the faster you're going to be able to see how that fire will create new life. The faster that you're going to be able to see how that trial or struggle is cleaning out the things you don't need. And during that time in my life where that fire with my family grew stronger and it started burning more things and the financial struggle started burning more things and the professional crossroads I was in amidst all of this was starting to burn more things, that's when I actually found an open space to create new life in my career, to create an opportunity where I would go speak life into other people around the world through this seminar, Welcome to Yourself. It was in that fire, with all the noise gone, that I was able to see the only things that would last, and that was what was built inside of me. My gifts, my passions, my genuine heart to see people thrive. It was through that fire I was able to have clarity and line of sight to actually go do what I needed to do to become the person I knew I could become and to let everything else, voices, opinions, ideas of lack, limitations of thought, all of those things disappeared because they didn't make it through that fire. So I want to encourage somebody today because I think that to the extent that you understand that there's a struggle or a fire in your life and that that struggle or fire serves a purpose is to the extent that you're going to be able to see how that new life can bring fulfillment in a way that you've never experienced before, in a way that you're meant to actually live with joy, with peace, with the things that last eternally that nobody can take from you. So I just want to encourage you. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much for those of you who were just listening to the earlier episode and sending me feedback on margin. I think it's tremendously important topic. So if you haven't listened to that, I would highly suggest it. Um, again, I'm going to be in DC this weekend, May 19th uh, for my next seminar and uh, looking at a pop-up event. Actually, if you're in Austin, Texas, if you're listening in Austin, Texas, looking at a pop-up event on June 2nd. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We've got a couple ideas of some great partners and venues in mind. Um, and then New York, I've got something special coming up for you uh, in June. Not just welcome to yourself coming back for my 10th seminar here, but I've got something else special with another partner locally, a brand that I think we, we all know and 
if you haven't known yet, you, you will come to know uh, wearing their clothes. Are, they're awesome. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Please share with a friend uh, to the extent you got some value out of it and, and brighten somebody's day. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you.